Well, it's just past midnight in the East in Toronto and elsewhere in the Eastern Time Zone. So it is, in fact, Black Friday already, although it feels like it's been going on for days now, doesn't it? I mean, I've been hearing Black Friday ads. I've been seeing them on my phone for days and days and days and days now. Let me know, are you going to do any shopping this year? It feels like, I mean, with prices so high, it feels like getting a good deal is probably a good idea. Let me know, 877-399-9898 is the text line, 877-399-9898. Let me know who you are and where you are. You can talk about anything. We can talk about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, what's on your mind, how your day's going, anything. Things you've heard on the show tonight. Share your thoughts with me if you feel like you should. Um, but Black Friday, you know, it's a big, it's a big, it's not like a week, weeks, it's weeks. So there are ads uh, online proclaiming big savings. And it turns out this year, because we're, things are kind of back to normal, that a lot of us are planning to hit the mall, believe it or not. A survey by professional services firm JLL found 90% of respondents plan to spend time in shopping centers. But gift-giving budgets are expected to be down 13% as Canadians spend more money on basics like rent, groceries and gas. Two-thirds of respondents to a survey by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada say inflation's going to make it harder to buy gifts this season. More than 20% expect to take on debt to pay for gifts. Don Kelly, The Canadian Press. So that brings us back to Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Now, Black Friday's origins, so the story goes, uh, had are sort of rooted in Philadelphia in the 60s. When legend has it, fans used to descend on the city between Thanksgiving and Saturday when the Army-Navy football game was on, and they would spend the Friday shopping. It has then evolved, of course, into what it is today. In Canada, it's sort of Look, if you look into the history of it, it kind of dates back to the early part of the century. The dollar was around par. Uh, retailers here wanted to keep people from going to the States on Black Friday. So they had their own Black Friday sales here. And it's just, you know, evolved from there. But one marketing professor has some pretty good advice on Black Friday about what to look out for, what companies, retailers are trying to get you to do, and how to make sure that what you're getting is, in fact, a good deal, getting the best bang for your buck, so to speak. And joining me now is Brad Davis. He's an associate professor with the Lazarus School of Business at Laurier University. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. So this feels like a like a, a different, I mean, we're sort of coming out of the pandemic. We haven't really had what we used to consider to be the mad dash at uh, on Black Friday, where you'd see people stampeding over each other to buy a TV. <laughs> uh, but we've also gotten very used to online shopping. So this feels like it's going to be sort of a a different kind of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah, I agree. And and it just, of course, uh, during the pandemic, that was kind of a, a statistical blip, so it's hard to project. But before COVID disrupted everything, um, Cyber Monday passed Black Friday in terms of, of sales volume. So I think we, we can expect that that gap will widen because you now have people who have spent two years learning about different uh, online websites and becoming much more comfortable with it. There have been companies who have been uh, conducting sales before Black Friday, and they're going to be after Black Friday. This is the starter's gun for the the whole sale bonanza that is going to run uh, pre-Christmas and then post-Christmas. 
It is remarkable because it used to be, I mean, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Boxing Day was when the sales bonanza was. Yeah. And now it, it feels boxing like- Boxing Day, not, yeah, not Boxing just, Month. Or yeah. Boxing boxing yeah. Season, because it start, yeah. now it feels like it starts right, you know, sort of early November and then carries right on yeah. through. It really has become part of our psyche, though, and quite quickly. I mean, it's it only really came to Canada about 20 years ago. Black Friday, that is. Cyber Monday is even more recent. Uh, how important has it become? Uh, it's it's a, I mean it's a major event in terms of of planning for uh, you know for retailers. So I think they they manage uh, you know inventory management is very much based around that, and you know consumers have it uh, circled on their calendar. So it, it's become something of a ritual occasion for a significant number of consumers who plan around it. You know plan uh, the excuse they're going to use to get the day off. So it's uh, it's very much entrenched, uh, I think, in the whole you know consumer market now. Yeah, we've, I've been reading a bit this year, and we were talking a bit earlier about uh, supply chain issues, but also that uh, retailers have quite a bit of inventory this year. Uh, there are some fears of recession and so on, which means consumers tend to draw back a bit. Uh, what do you expect to see out there when it comes to deals this year? Because there's that there's sort of a two-sided coin to this. You have r- rumors of more inventory, but also supply chain issues. I, I would expect the deals will be pretty good. It may be a little more erratic than than past years because I think there'll be some areas where there may not be the traditional kind of deals, perhaps in appliances and electronics, where they have had some supply chain issues. Um, but there are other areas where, where in all likelihood, they have higher levels of inventory and and may have even ordered larger volumes in anticipation of of uh, of supply chain challenges. So it's also become intensely competitive. Uh, so there's there's nothing that spurs you on as a retailer to offer better and better deals than looking across the street and seeing a competitor offering better and better deals. So it's become so competitive that uh, I think that that really drives the dynamic as well in terms of wanting to make sure that you you kind of capture those consumer dollars ahead of your uh, uh, your competitors. So I, I think. Uh, and and even with inflation worries that yes they're there they're constant we hear about them all the time but we are also armed with credit cards and we have no compunction in using them quite significantly and the idea that this is a sale can also make people believe that they're actually uh defeating inflation because they're getting something on sale and therefore this is the opportunity where they really should spend a little bit more rather than regular time when things are at uh, at regular price and inflation is going to be most painful. Yeah, I was interested by some of the surveys that were done over the past few months about consumer sentiment, where it seemed, although people were worried about the future and not wanting to spend too much, they were certainly willing to buy stuff on sale. That was one of the things that emerged very clearly. Although you've always warned, uh, and this goes back to you know, before, you know, for years now, that uh, buyer beware at this time of year as well. Don't be too dazzled. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is maybe the the sacrilegious content. Whereas at a market, or I, I kind of like a magician, divulge some of the secrets behind the screen. We are all about encouraging impulse purchase at this point in time. So the the giant yellow signs that say for sale, where we're we're setting up, um, you know, regular retail price, etc. We're kind of setting up consumers to to make deals probably look a lot more attractive than they may very well be. The big thing that goes on at this point in time is that fear of missing out or what economists call law of scarcity, which is this idea that if I don't buy it now, I may never get a chance again. And, and that's sort of part of, of the whole 
uh, ambiance. And, and that's often the reason that you get these purchases where you come home with a beekeeper's outfit and say, well, but it was half off and it was the last one on sale, even though I don't have any bees. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's that kind of mentality that you really have to guard against and uh, try and, and diffuse because that's often where you make the poor purchases, the irrational purchases. And I find it so much more... Um difficult online because the whole thing is structured to tell you, oh, there's 400 other people looking at the beekeeper's costume and, oh, look, someone just bought one. And, you know, and you're sort of sitting there. It's it's like being, yeah, it, it could be quite, uh, it could be quite captivating to be honest. Well, and there's been a lot of interesting studies as well with, again, A, paying with credit, but paying online is even worse because there's no physical sense of transaction. You just kind of click buttons and it's yours. You You own it. So that that sense of actually giving something up like cash or, or turning your credit card over is not there online, which makes it even easier to be swayed more by the idea of acquiring this than the sense that you're actually giving up some some savings, some money in the process. So the ability for that kind of impulse purchase to be driven by online is probably even greater than uh, than in stores, which is is I, I think it's a something. bit of concern for uh, for public policymakers. Brad Davis is with us. He's an associate professor at the Lazaridis School of Business at uh, Laurier University. We're talking about Black Friday and Cyber Monday uh, from both a marketing perspective as well as from a consumer perspective. Uh, we know that marketers uh, rub their hands for this. This is a big time of year for them, uh, and they pull out all the stops to make sure that we're paying attention um, and that we uh, can be enticed into buying stuff we both need and stuff we don't need. So one of the things that you've always, and this probably goes without saying, but Figure out how much it was originally, right? Like that's really how much was it originally and could it possibly be on sale in two weeks time for even less is another another thing that I've noticed over the years that, you know, uh, there's not, um, again, you, you have to be informed on these days because so much of it looks so attractive. Yeah. And it, it, it begs that question of when is a deal a deal? And um, you know, there's a lot of literature about how consumers make decisions using price. And, and we talk about what we refer to as a reference price, which is this sense that you have of what the regular price is. And you use that as a base to compare whether the deal is good or not. The difficulty is the vast majority of us really don't have idea any idea what the regular price is. And so when you have a big sign that tells you this is the regular price, we tend to go by that. That's the the cue that marketers implant. And, and that is problematic in terms of assessing when a deal is is good. The only way to really do it, I guess, scientifically, is you, you you almost have to track the item a couple of months in advance to see what the regular price is, what sales were offered, and then track it afterwards to see whether it's on sale for less or so, which, of course, the overwhelming majority of us will never do. No. Um, so in, in a way, I sort of counsel consumers, it's, Look, you're not going to do that. So are you happy with what you paid for? It? If you're happy with what you paid for it, then that's criteria number one. Criteria number two is, are you still using it a month from now? If you're still using it a month from now, then okay, just be happy. If you're not, if it just goes right into the back of your closet, then then you made a mistake regardless of how much you paid. 
yeah, the proverbial bee costume, bee, beekeepers costume, which is a great example of the kind of things that you end up buying. You know, I you know I'll wear that one day. That's always the uh, yeah, and, yeah. and it was and it was so cheap that it was almost like getting it for free, which of course it isn't. Oh, and it was the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's all working against the old primal brain, there, isn't it? <laughs> in some yeah. senses, <laughs> yeah. you you you've advised. I, I was this was kind of a comment you made in an interview, and I'm not sure where it was going, but you advised not going to the mall alone, which I thought was interesting too, because yeah. I guess some people will head back to do Black Friday the way it was meant to be done back in the old days, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a caveat to that in terms of maybe pick who you go with. Right. Because you, you don't want someone that's going to en end up into sort of competitive spending. You know, they bought something, therefore you have to as well. But there's a huge amount of research that tells us there's all sorts of, of decision bias that we are subject to that, that make for, quotes, irrational decision. The difficulty is that we are very, very bad at recognizing decision bias in ourselves. Even when we're kind of warned in advance, it, it still doesn't matter a lot. We are very good at identifying these biases in somebody else. Uh -huh. So that's the idea that if you go with somebody else, particularly maybe make a little pack in advance, that you're, you're kind of work as a team, you can test out purchases on them. And they're maybe the ones that that will inject that voice of rationality that that says, you, you know, you really don't need this, or I'm pretty sure that this is going to be on sale again. And, and they can kind of diffuse, or or they can kind of balance that emotional kind of irrational fever that may take over you. So that that was the idea of going with somebody else, a buddy a system, people. so to speak. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. If if I if I swim too deep, pull me back. Yeah, well, let's say, I mean, my wife and I are so good at this that we actually manage to buy nothing a lot of the time because we both talk each other out of whatever it is. Yeah. And you had a last yeah. warning on exchange rates, too. I know people who live near the border like to go down to the States sometimes for Black Friday, but the exchange rate's something you got to factor into as well, and as, yeah. as well as some of the other costs. Yeah, and I, I mean, I actually live, I'm in St. Catharines, so I'm right at the border, so I see the hordes of traffic going across and and i've periodically as as they have been lined up for an hour to cross the border i've always had a desire to you know knock on their window and ask them so did you factor in you know the the hour and a half drive it took you to get here did you factor in the gas did you factor in the exchange rates did you factor all of those things in to get a sense about whether you're really getting good deals or not because in a lot of situations i think that cross border shopping it's kind of an adventure that I think counters the some of the the measurement about whether you're really getting good deals or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, the exchange rate is not working in our favor right now, but uh, a lot of people don't quite know how to calculate it, so they they just don't. Yeah, not to mention, you're really not allowed to bring much, much back, <laughs> anything back, if you go for <laughs> for a very short period of time. Uh, Brad uh, exactly. Davis, thanks so much for your advice on this tonight. Appreciate it. My pleasure.